coming to you from Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California, and some of our homes. Uh, this is the Strings Unraveled podcast. Hi guys. Hey. Hello. You could like, cause you're both in Fillmore, right? Yeah. Yep. So our satellite offices in Fillmore. <laughs> yep. My house. Yeah. Lovely. Out. 81 degrees at 10 o'clock in the morning, Fillmore. Yeah. It's been warm and our air conditioner has not been working for a long, oh, no. long time, but um, yeah, it's been very hot. <laughs> um, all right. Venter is not hot. It was muggy. I go in there tomorrow to work like from the studio and I'm looking forward to it because it's supposed to be warm here. So it's always good to know I can go and get a break if I want to. <laughs> if it, I need an excuse. It's it was really foggy this morning. That yeah. marine layer extended out to Fillmore. Thankfully it never went away. And because yes. I'm greedy, I was like, wouldn't it be nice if it was actually a rainy day? Yeah. Yeah. Summer showers. Who wants to start with what they're working on? Uh, Karen, what are you working on? <laughs> okay. Hold on. Let me get through this one stitch because it's deciding to split. I am working through a stash project. Ooh. Um, hold on. One, one below. And it has uh, wrap and turns. Which, you know, I'm all about German short row, but the, you know, there's those times where you think, oh, I can substitute because I know better than the, the designer. This is not one of those times. I hear you. <laughs> I tried it with the German short row. That was with a humbling day, experience. And I'm like, you know what? I should just appreciate that someone else tried it and they chose this short row for a purpose. Yep. Um, this is just the very beginning. So it, it's really, it's supposed to be three strands together, but I'm using two fingerings instead of two Instead of three lace weights, which I don't have, I used repurposing some old stash, some uh, Knit Pick Stroll Gradient. And there was a lot of blue, but I sort of um, pulled all the blue out of three different uh, cakes together. So that's what I've got. I'm mixing that with the Pearl Soho Sweetgrass. I don't know if you can see that. Mm -hmm. What color? What color? It smells really good. It's undyed cotton and alpaca. Ooh, so the whole cute. thing will have this like kind of warm brown, grassy brown. Pretty. Um, what is it? It's, let me see if I can find the picture. It's one that originally had La Bien Ami. Mm -hmm. And um, looks really fun. There it is. That's cute. Oh, what's the name of it? You can have it cropped or you can have it longer. It's top down and all of this is attached in one direction, so you're just working down. But you start with the shoulders and you're going back and forth the short rows before you add on. But uh, yeah, so What's I'd like to say it's, huh? What's the name of the pattern? Uh, Rue du Paris, designed by Alma Bali. Okay. A-L-M-A, last name is B-A-L-I. Uh, actually it's plural, Rue. Rue de Paris, okay. Yeah, but I, but I think that that should be plural. It should be DES, but considering it's a French person designing it, I probably shouldn't be correcting him with my American French. Yeah, <laughs> they probably know. 
So um, one thing I did is, um, you can see how many chicken marks, is on my PDF, and you, any, a lot of people can do this, you know, if you can edit, if you can, if you have the type of Adobe Acrobat where you can edit, you can actually change the color. So what I did was I went through and I changed the color of the number that was my size. Ooh, smart. Before I printed. So um, I probably should have made it a little brighter because in low light it's hard to tell. But for the most part, then it's easier to keep track of. Um, but yeah, so I'm doing these uh, wrap and turns and picking up the wraps and it's you're, it's a knit one, knit one uh, below. So it kind of just, you can see there's a little different texture to it, but anyway. So that's what's on my needles. I started that yesterday. It took me a lot longer than to get going than I thought because it's not hard, but if you make a mistake and you get off, like, you know, if you've ever done, um, uh, uh, what's the knit one, pearl one, knit one, pearl one, and then pearl one, knit one, pearl one. Huh? Seed stitch? Seed stitch, duh. <laughs> I know, like, this is, like, so easy, and I'm not thinking about it. If you get seed stitch off, you ha there's no real fix. You have to take it out. So, yeah. That's what I like about knit one below, though, versus brioche. I was, like, trying to figure out, because they produce basically the same fabric. They do. I think brioche might be more versatile for the like design elements you can incorporate and understanding the texture. Mm -hmm. Hit it, like attacking that texture from brioche techniques is going to give you more designability. But knit one pro well knit one below pro one is um, like much easier to produce and fix. So yeah. this one though is knit one. Knit one below, all the way across, and the wrong the wrong side row is just knit. Hmm. So it's a little different texture, and it's not quite as poofy as a true, you know, what is it called? A mistaken rib or something like that? No, that's a different stitch. But it's a fisherman's rib. A fisherman's rib. So it this one doesn't really give you the fisherman's rib feel as much as if you were if as if there was a pearl in between. But um, still, I, I like it. I think you um, found, um, like, you love half brioche. Yeah. I think you just found the half stitch of knit one below. Yeah. Yeah. Half rib. It's nice and stretchy, but it lays a little flatter than a ribbing. It, it's a little wider, so. It's interesting uh, texture. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, is it written to be, no, you said it's written three lace weights. It's written with three lace weights, like two fuzzy yarns and a regular smooth yarn held together. So, but, and I was thinking, oh, I've got a lace weight and I just, I've, you've been using up all my fuzzies. So yeah. I don't have any fuzzy yarn. I didn't want to wait to try to order things because unlike the world before COVID where you could order something and get it in the same week from anywhere in the world, practically. Um, I've, now the wait time is what, two Three weeks before you get yeah, anything. Depends on where you order anything from. It really depends. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff that was supposed to ship two days with two days shipping from Amazon. I'm still waiting for it to get in the mail. And Amazon says, we'll check the carrier. And the carrier says, I never received it. And a week later, they still haven't resolved it. So don't, yeah. I don't put anything off that I think I really need anymore. I found that starting big projects like that during this time has been a challenge because I was 
I wanted to start the sweater that I'll talk about when it's my turn, but it was like, normally I would go to my stash and I'd find something, but I've used so much of my stash recently that I didn't have literally anything that would work. Wow. So I, had to, I had to order and it was like, well, this is strange. Um, well, I think you have to be like very inventive about your sources, like, um, and definitely more flexible about arrival times, but like you really have to be an informed purchaser before you make your decision. Like I'm finding really some, cause you know, things have changed the last week about who can be open and how they can access their businesses. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I found several shops in Portland that I was already acquainted with or, um, one is new to me, um, but they fulfilled really swiftly. So you can find some really good fulfillment from local shops that you wouldn't normally think of. I think they're all like, you know, pivot is the key word <laughs> for businesses lately. So I think they've all had to learn how to pivot to um, like nurturing their online shops. So I ordered some yarn from Close Knit PDX and which I will talk more about too. Um, and that came within, I ordered on a Friday and it was, I mean, I guess it was a week still. It came on from Friday to Friday, like a Friday night, which is really ship on Monday. Mm -hmm. So that, that came pretty quickly. And they even took the time to like check dye lights at dye lots and have a conversation with me about dye lots. Um, yeah, things are shipping, I, I, depending on the thing, but like they ship faster almost, like you said, from like smaller independent companies than like big box stores or whatever that are so back ordered that it takes longer to get it from Amazon or whatever it is. It's not just that, but the shipping companies themselves. I had something get to from get to from Vegas to LA in three days. Mm -hmm. It sat in LA for five days and then went to Minnesota. Yeah. And it still has not made it back to California. And that was five days ago. California. So <laughs> I'm like, are you ever gonna make it back to California? We had several things that got lost in Kentucky. Kevin had two or three things that got lost in like Kentucky. the black hole. Yeah, it's a UPS problem, I think. Um, I have something coming from Europe. Ooh. Like international shipping is back. I've heard international shipping is a well, mess, though. No, no, no. I got, I got a, I got a, I got a bowl for making British pudding desserts, <laughs> uh, like a bread pudding. And I got that from the UK. Well, actually, it went from in one day. It went through three countries huh. so fast. So it went to Germany. Countries all are all very close together. Though. It went Poland, Germany, UK. Okay, but compare that with my Vegas to LA to Minnesota story, yeah. right? Okay. So, but I got that today. I was like, hey, and I only ordered that a week ago. So I guess it all oh, depends yeah. on customs and who makes it through and who doesn't and what country it's coming from the yarn i'm waiting for from um a british distributor this one's I, i've heard of them before i've just never ordered laughing hens oh uh, fun that is ten dollars a ball less than if i found it anywhere in the u.s whoa i'm sure it will be wow. a subject for next podcast um but yeah it's it's like a, uni a unicorn is coming to me in the mail. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Um, anything else that you're working on, Karen? Um, I finished a bunch of stuff and I found myself yesterday going, what am I going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, 
I'm like, well, that I'm point. Like, a lot of my projects require me to sit down and do more stuff or it's at the studio. So I'm like, huh, let me go through my stash that is here. And some of this was stashed that for, I was going to plan for something that's going to come out next month. But I thought, eh, I don't want to wait for it. So it's going to become something. That's why it's becoming something new. Um, but other than that, that I, you know what, that, that thing where you, I worked on finishing a bunch of stuff. And so I finished. And now I'm just like, this is it for now. Yeah. Other than some sewing stuff, I guess. I've got, I'm in the, I, I've got some sewing stuff that's like part done. And then waiting to start. I don't know. That's about as vague as I get. <laughs> so like that counts. Talking about sewing stuff. Uh, Katie, what are you working on? Um, I will warn you that ever literally everything that I'm going to talk about today is either designed by, can you guess who, or is an upcoming yes. pattern from Jesse May. <laughs> um, so I'm working on. I saw the picture of your really cool butt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I posted a picture of my butt on the internet today. Um, it actually looks really good. <laughs> I'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, in the next segment, yeah. I'm working on a sample of, uh, for a testament of her very V-neck raglan, um, which looks I like... I saw the pattern on the, I saw the pattern on the, in the company. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Email. That's the pattern I'm testing. And I'm making it in this, like... That is an awesome color. Yeah. This is... Uh, this was when I had to be creative about what I was going to use because I didn't have anything at home that was going to be enough or the right gauge. So I ordered from Michael's to pick up, and I'm using... Oh, the solid. Cotton cakes. Nice. Yeah, I love this yarn. So, um... What weight is that? Uh, it's technically a worsted... And the pattern calls for either like double strand fingering or DK, but I was able to sort of wrestle it into gauge to work for this. So, because that's a real light worsted, right? Eh, you know, it's a pretty solid worsted. I'm getting 20 stitches over four barely um, on a seven. I probably would be doing better on a six, but I didn't want to knit it that dense. But, um, it's a pretty well, solid and that's the tricky that's kind of the tricky thing when you have a pattern that's written for multiple yarns held together because even if you have three fingerings they may not be the same diameter you can have a light with you know it's as long as you put your gauge swatches are really really important i ordered two different yarns because they had this other one which i'll grab it's right over here um that i saw online that looked interesting um which is this creme cotton from Loops and Threads, which is like the Michaels brand, I think, but oh, okay. super duper soft. And it is 87% cotton and 13 nylon. And I That's thought fabulous. It's really, really nice. And it's got a ton of yardage, but it was it was definitely this one was definitely too heavy. Because yeah. I couldn't get this one to this was what I was gonna use, but I ordered both of these just in case because I hadn't, you know. I got I got to get what I could get. So, yeah, um, I'm working on that, and that's pretty much all I'm working on because I have a deadline I'm trying to meet for this. Um, and I'm also working on some knitted and crocheted washcloths in the meantime, just different patterns and stuff. But uh, that's pretty much all I'm currently working on. 
some sewing projects, but not anything really exciting. So, Anne? So I'm working on so many things. <laughs> it's like, um, I mean, the spring is a starditis time for me anyway, but like, I have this nasty habit lately of Friday night shopping to like unwind from the week. And I've been poking around online a lot. Um, so where to begin? <laughs> okay, I wanna be a, a good citizen and show you what I've been stash busting. Okay. So, um, there's a really cute pattern on Ravelry called um, Safe at Home. It's a very oh. adorable um, blanket that you make all these little row houses. Oh, so cute. Oh, cute. Like there's triangles that come in to make the, um, the sky. So oh, each house cute. is made of five colors and um, you can make each house individually or you can make a row of the house, the ground floor of the houses. Uh -huh. and, oh, how fun. And then you come back and make the roofs and skies and they kind of attach to, I think you said- it is, and it's, I do not like intarsia. Mm -hmm. Like the only thing I like least is duplicate stitch. Oh. But this little blanket is so precious that it's worth it. Um, so I have my first row of nine houses done. It's nine rows of nine houses, and then I'm starting my rooms. Oh, this it's, is so cute. Are you looking on Ravelry? Yes. And the patterns, I think it's only like $4.99, so it's not a very expensive pattern, but it'll keep you busy for a long time. She used, um, there it is. That's oh, so how cute. cute. The, I had this oh, yarn. I love it. It's um, Brava Sport. It calls mm -hmm. for a worsted. It actually calls for Malabrigo Rios, which I think having a whole blanket out of Malabrigo would be a really delicious um, treat. Kind of decadent. So in, I had this. I'm using it my stash. It's a giant bag of yarn that I bought last summer to make like a July crocheted block along and it wasn't going to make a very big blanket and I was kind of in a mood anyway at the time so I never really finished it. Um, so the yarn's just, I made like the first five blocks and uh, But it, it does feel good to kind of use up, so, to repurpose something that you got for one thing that, you, you know what I'm saying? It, to repurpose what you have. Yep. So even though it's sport, I, um, I'm having no problem. Like it's going to be a huge blanket. How's, uh, how's the yarn itself? Cause I've thought about ordering the worsted version, but I've never used it. It's great. Like it's a nice smooth acrylic. It's probably thinking of some name brands. It's probably like somewhere between like Bernat baby weight or sport, uh, oh. Dar. Like it's nice, but it's, it's heavier than either of those. I yeah. think it's 274 yards of ball for the sport. So um, on the idea of having a whole blanket out of Malabrigo, I still think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. so I again use stash and I'm making a giant granny square um, Afghan. Mm. Most of it's Malabrigo, this is not. Nice. Vacation yarn I got in Seattle last year. Um, I love that. It makes it special though, and I like your colors. Then I bought 12 more balls of Malabrigo. <laughs> <laughs> But about a third of it is stash. Um, that out of each, counts. I can get two 10 round things on an H hook um, out of each ball. And then I get about 
20 to 15 grams left. So I'm going to make a big rectangle. Oh, that's pretty. And then this will just sit around and all my nice worship scraps will go into this. Nice. Uh, someday that'll be done. But uh, you can also feel good because you were supporting a local business. Yeah. Well, I got most of my colors from Super Buzzy. Um, I, I bought two from Jimmy Beans who never slowed down their shipping. Like all their shipping has been super speedy. So <gasps> here's all my colors from Super Buzzy. I also have um, like a fuchsia from her. And the colors I got from, she's got probably two dozen really nice colors. Um, I got Matisse Blue and Purple Mystery from, here's Matisse Blue. It's the truest true blue. And um, I got this fuchsia from Super Busy. So, I was talking about Malabrigo colors yesterday with um, some of my drop-in people. And I was thinking about how much I miss being surrounded by all those colors. Because it's like we would pull, we would talk about a color and be like, oh my god, remember Piedras or remember uh, whatever. And it was like, man, all those colors were so good. Azul Profundo. Because yep. mm -hmm. That's this my favorite blue, I think, Azul, Azul Profundo. profundo. Mm -hmm. I like it's a very profound blue. That's what I mean. Oh. <laughs> so we don't do um, French, but we can do our Spanish. Actually, I think I looked it up. It means deep blue, but still. Yeah. I like profound blue better. This one's called Chameleon. It's a one that I had never seen in person. There's a new color that oh, I... Wow back in January at Fabric Town called Wabi Sabi and it's this very very pretty blue like if Anniversario ditched all the warm colors and only had blues and greens and purples hmm. everywhere was sold out of that so I'm not no. Wabi Sabi in this blanket but this one's very pretty. It's a color I've never seen. Chameleon with no H. That's pretty. Um, so it's, it's, I'm excited about this. Um, and then I, so like it was a magic storm, like a storm of inside crochet. I've been following them on Instagram. I don't always take the magazines, but it's a very good crochet magazine. They just had a picture of someone holding a granny square blanket with huge granny squares and just all snuggled in that. And it looks like such a delightful idea. And then I found this new way to join them where you kind of overlap the two squares and then you chain along. So the chain becomes um, like a surface design. So I think I'm gonna get um, pearl gray, right? Yeah, pearl gray to be my grid of all of them being joined. And then I'll use whatever's left over for my border. I like the pearl ten, yeah. That that's what it's called, huh? It's a gray. I knew it's a gray. Right. It's pearl ten. I don't know where the ten comes from, but I don't know. Then that's why I want to kick it out of my thoughts. Okay, so those are my two blankets, which are um, I don't like finishing blankets, but these ones are really cute. Yeah, and I often start blankets and never never finish them. I have to make a blanket for a wedding gift. And I haven't decided, like, if I'm going to knit it or if I'm going to crochet it or what I'm going to do. It. No, I think, I, no. well, it, the person I'm making for would appreciate, I mean, she'd appreciate anything. But um, I like the idea of the giant granny squares because mm -hmm. I have, I want to make it multiple colors, but I don't want to work too hard. So I was thinking granny stripe, oh. but I like the giant granny square idea. 
Granny Stripe is one of the few blankets that I've really enjoyed. And I thought about starting a new one with um, the little dribble drabble um, worsted weights. But um, I discovered a long time ago that the biggest granny square I'm interested in is 10 rounds. Yeah. If I could have not exceeded half of the ball I was testing, which was, I think, I think I had 96 grams in the ball I was testing out how far mm -hmm. I could go. Um, an 11th round took too much yardage. So I would have pushed it to 11 if that would have been halfway, but happily 10 is perfect. Um, so I'm still working on my um, second scrapper. Mm -hmm. It's gotten very, very close to completion. And then I am still working on Alexander's sweater, which is the um, simpler sinister sweater. Uh, I was hoping that I would be like able to transfer that to the what have you finished column, but I don't think that's happening tonight. Um, I want to see the chicken sweater. You want, I know, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. Okay, oh, but you're it's working coming. On, but you're working on it, so that counts for the segment. No, I, I know, but I wanted to tell you about the kitty sweater in a minute. Uh, show it to you. I mean, I've been talking about it for months. But what Katie has asked for, <laughs> so this is it's so pretty. This is the yarn I got from Close Knit, MP, Close Knit PDX, which is, you know, PDX for Portland. Uh -huh. So adorable. So cute. That label. It's called Vovo, which is um, Portuguese for grandma by the yarn company Rosa Romar. That's so cute. I can't tell if it's a P or an R. Um, I don't see so you. Have you heard that like Portuguese speakers have no problem going into Spain and learning Spanish and they pick it up like it's they're not even thinking. And then people from Spain or Spanish speakers, they go and try to learn Portuguese and it doesn't go both ways. Hmm. Oh. The word for wool, like, because it's like close, but not quite. Okay, I don't know if you're gonna be able to see this. Yeah. Leading in, <laughs> show you the word for wool. Do you see that? Is it la? But it has a tilde after the yeah. a on the a. Yeah, la. It's like actually there. I had Google say it for me, and it was like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sure I'm not doing it right. So you have to have Google say it for you. It was community approved the pronunciation. So. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what word that is. How do you do a tilde on a vowel? I'm going to pull it up right now and we can listen to Google say it. Okay. So this is 100% wool. It is made from um, a specific sheep, Sarah de Estrella. It's okay. not double L. It's a single L. And um, it's very squishy, but it's also very sturdy. Like kind of the way Brooklyn tweeds. Um, yeah. What is that first yarn he did? Shelter. What? Shelter. shelter. It's kind of like how um, shelter is both sturdy and squishy at the same time, but mm -hmm. it's a little softer knit up than, than shelter is. Um, okay. This is a top by Boylan Knits. What is her name? Caitlin Hunter. Too much, too much. It's called Jupiter Crop. It just came out. It's so cute. Those colors are gorgeous. And I you, you knit that so fast. 
so I, yeah, I started on Saturday during drop-in. Unbelievable. Cast on my ribbing twice because counting's for suckers. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'm very... What size needle? Uh, it's 20 stitches to four inches and I'm on a six. Like I'm pretty consistently a six in, in stranding. But uh, I do find that stranded work goes faster because I'm more engaged. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I'm so into it. I can't put it down. This is a so, lot of hours. Like I have, it's not like I'm so fast. I put a lot of hours in, but I can't put it down. It's like a, a book that you have to read in one sitting. So mm -hmm. here in the design is where you lengthen it. So in the yoke, you lengthen the yoke in the um, feathers as well. Mm -hmm. And then you lengthen the body here. Um, I think I'm going to add four repeats of the feathers, which will give me an additional two inches approximately, which means that my finished, well, the bottom of the sweater is supposed to be seven, the body is supposed to be seven inches, which is not actually under my boot. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, uh, it I might mean, be a bit too cropped. Right now where it is, it's just coming under. Um, and also there's three inches of ribbing. So you have a lot, of, like I still, even after finishing the amount of feather I want to do, I will still have plenty of options to lengthen it because I can do that in the ribbing and I have an extra ball of my bubble. How do you do two accents? Do you want to hear how Google says it? Yes. Okay. Blah. It's Blah. not cool. Blah. <laughs> she just is saying bleh. <laughs> I don't know if we have any Portuguese listeners, so I, I apologize if it sounds like we're making fun of this word, but it literally sounds like she's saying bleh. I, I want I'm trying to say it right, but how can I say bleh. it with a straight face? I want you to know, Portuguese speakers, that <laughs> it's more that I am in awe of your linguistic prowess. Yeah. My ignorance and dumb tongue than anything. Yeah. Um, so that is my for us. Um, the colors were chosen very carefully after our neighborhood rooster that wanders around our, our blocks and he has no fear. Like he stands in the middle of the road and he's, <laughs> is he kind of like chicken with you? Kind of like, <laughs> well, it's not, no, no, it's not at all. He doesn't even like acknowledge that you exist. Like here's the my, road is his. <laughs> and he doesn't even recognize that I am coming towards him. Um, I want him to like, and the, the neighborhood cats are like, I don't know if his reputation precedes him or if they're too smart to go after a cock or what. Um, Maybe they've encountered him before and they've learned. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a badass and he just wanders the neighborhood like he's the king. And, um, that should be a colorway, badass rooster. Badass rooster. Yeah. Well, the thing, and it's fun because, you know, lots of people are just doing cool colorways, but other, like plenty of people are doing it inspired by their chickens. And I think that the cover, like the cover, no, it's not, actually not in the pattern at all, but on Ravelry, there's a picture of her holding a, a chicken that totally matches the, um, sweater. the color choice. Yeah. So that's my big thing. I, I think it's going to be the only thing I finish between here and next time. <laughs> I'll still be like, so I'm still working on Alexander's sweater. Yeah. <laughs> on my other fade, but maybe I'll be wearing my, my new chicken. I got stuck in my 
zipper, which is pulling all of my attention right now. I'm sorry. Okay. Do we want to uh, switch to what have we finished? Yeah. Karen, okay. you said you finished a lot of things, so let's hear it. Okay, so I finished a sweater. Let me put this down. Um, of course, it's at the studio, but it's called Leaf Yoke Sweater, and it's crocheted, and it has this, let me see if I can, I don't think it's so. Isn't that gorgeous? Do you want me to go get it? Yeah. Okay. Since you're there. Can you talk about something else for a minute? Or maybe? Yeah. Yes. yes. I finally finished my listening. great- if you guys huh? are listening to this podcast, listeners, if you're just listening, um, I apologize because I think now we're used to doing this with video. So uh, we'll try and be conscious of like explaining things also, which I'm terrible at, but like maybe treat yourself to sitting down and watching it instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, the leaf yoke sweater is, it's this beautiful crocheted yoke that's like leaf, leaf shapes with a lacy opening. Mm -hmm. It's really pretty. And I used it with um, I, I love all Pearl Soho. It needs to be blocked, but whatever. You know, it'll go on my pile of other things need, that need to be blocked. Super enjoyable. I went through that, like, in less than a week. In the same way that Anne is going through her sweater super fast, even even the sleeves were very enjoyable. They're, they actually only go to your elbow. And the stitch pattern is super cool. Yeah, that's Too really two rows it's kind of rows but you're going in the round you'll go around and you'll slip stitch and then you'll turn and go the other way and just keep going back and forth um yeah it's it's a really interesting combination of just double crochets and crossed double crochets and so they create this little little row of eyelets where the crosses open up so was uh, it top down or bottom up top down I really like this designer. I've, uh, she has handbags. She's got a, Natalia Kononova, outstandingcrochet.com. And she's got a lot of beautiful, beautiful crochet sweaters. And like I said, bags with texture. Um, I would do a second one of that one easily, except I've already have some other sweaters of hers in the queue that I want to go for what, you know, um, I was really glad that I did that before it got super hot because it was, it, it's worst in weight, but it's a little more, it feels a little more dense. Um, it feels I love of all things Pearl Soho. <laughs> so that is linen quill worsted. And I will say, I do like the color a lot. It's not quite what I thought I was getting. I should have paid it more, a little more attention when it says peach stone. It's kind of this warm gray. But I wasn't thinking of like peach pit, the, the, the stone of a peach, because that is exactly the color that you get. And it is really nice. It's going to be neutral. I'll be able to wear it over t-shirts and stuff. Because where we live, we don't really need warmth. The other thing I finally finished, I, and I got all the ends woven. It needs to be blocked, but is my Great British Baking Shawl. So I, I'm scrolling through because this thing is long. Wow. But wait, there's more. So when you okay, so I gotta wait till I'm at the studio to block it because this thing is so blocks so huge. I've got my big double island and it extends from one corner across the other corner, and I have to put my big roll of um batting to extend it like three feet beyond. It you know, really I was huh? thinking about that 
If you want to block in the hallway here. <laughs> yeah. As long as we have to stay, you know, closed, I think that you should, you could block that big monster in the hallway. When it's yeah, I probably could nowadays. I could probably do it on Friday because it'll be there and let's see. So I was on Sweater Island. I, um, I did finish. I don't know. I don't know if I finished Gramps Revised then. I think I was working on the sleeves, but I finally did finish it and I've worn it a few times super cute on okay you know what i've had someone say that they didn't rec they didn't notice me someplace i'm like how do you not notice someone wearing a super hot bright pink sweater <laughs> Fluorescent, you, yeah. you, i mean yeah i was wearing a mask but the sweater is kind of a giveaway well it's like oh i saw this girl in a bright salmon colored sweater i'm sorry in a flamingo colored sweater white yeah. flamingo colored sweater <laughs> so it is it okay for those who are listening it is called Bright Flamingo, and it was our challenge, and I finally finished it. It's got, and it's like a really warm peach and a really pale, pale, creamy pink, but it's almost like a white pink. Like, it's just, um, and then I went through my stash of buttons, and these do not match, but they coordinate. They're cute. Yeah, so, but those were, I was just proud that I got all my ends woven in, because that was like, and not that I'll start it yet, but I have a lot of these little itty bitties leftovers. And if you haven't done the Great British Baking Shawl, because they actually designed a cowl that you can do with all the little leftovers, mm -hmm. which is really fun. And it has a very different aesthetic. Like which one, the shawl? The cowl to the shawl. The cowl looks yes. very different than the yes, shawl. Yes, it is very different. But um. But it's cute. That, I'm trying to think if I finished any. Oh, I finished a quilt top. So um, I just need to start. I was working on buzz with like a gazillion Z's. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a combination of strip quilting with foundation paper piecing. Um, and it creates this giant circle of bees. Huh? Well, I was going to ask if you could hear those sirens, but they just stopped. Sorry about that. No, they were, I was really glad that they stopped. Um, I have a, I like, I like that people do birthday drive-bys, but in our neighborhood, somebody's birthday, <laughs> in our neighborhood, it's the police sirens doing birthday drive-bys along with fire trucks doing birthday drive-bys. I'm assuming next week is graduation for the local high school. Oh God, I hate that. But it's going to so be quite a loud day. <laughs> I know they go through with loud honks and parades. I just don't get that. We That's never did what that. Gonna do? Well, how? So, did you have like a COVID crisis during your graduation? Yeah. No, I mean they do. They do that honking for graduation, no matter well, what. Honking is a big thing, but it's gonna yeah, be. But I'm talking about the the honking thing. That was not a thing we ever did. Even in Ventura, people didn't do that. Oh, we did that. Is it a Fillmore thing? I don't know if honking is a thing. That's like, you know, if you go honking, it's like, it's graduation or it's uh, homecoming night or it's... Or homecoming. Or yeah. the Santa Paula Fillmore game or something like that. Yeah, that, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I interrupted no. you. No, I was pretty much done. <laughs> so that was fine. <laughs> I had nothing but more to contribute other than uh, some... Uh, but you know, I finished a couple sweaters in a month. I got, I pushed myself past Sleeve Island. Yeah, that's pretty good. 
because sleeves don't take that long. No, they really don't. That's if I right. pull down, depending on the gauge of the sweater, I can knit a sleeve a day. You know, it's just you have to. Well, that's thinking about how fast you you two are with sleeves pushed me on. <laughs> I know. Okay, Anne's making a a really funny face, doubtful face, and it's a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> It just like because sleeves can take anywhere usually sleeves take at least a day like at the very least for me depending on the gauge one and a half knitting sessions usually okay for some people that's fast oh yeah some of us may let maybe on sleeve island for weeks but do you remember a month ago i was working on the sleeves for simple or sinister and I, I, I only have, it's like the time something takes and the amount of work is different that, you know, those are two different things. So like, I'm still not finished with those sleeves and I only have like 12 rounds. Yeah. Those 12 rounds, they could take an eternity. <laughs> it's it just, if you're not motivated to finish it, then it doesn't matter how great it is because mm. you're not going to finish, you're not going to finish. It does. I mean, really that move, like the idea of doing the sleeves um as a separate unit really helps me for sure yeah and then i can make myself do it first um well i fit last time we recorded i was working on my shorts um which i finished my ripple butt shorts <laughs> from jesse that name. um so these are my shorts they look funny because they are all in ribbing, so they're I'm like very stretchy. I love they them. are super flattering. They're very comfortable. I'm not, I'm not in the butts, but you have a nice butt, okay? Oh, thank Just you. put it out there and say it. Um, I haven't worn them a lot because it's a little too hot to be wearing wool shorts, but um, I'm sure in the wintertime they will be very comfy, um, but they were a fun knit, and uh, they didn't take very long. I mean, it's like less than a sweater right there's no sleeves yeah this um the legs themselves are only and i think i even lengthened them they're only like a little it's like it, look it's like doing two cowls right yeah it was like nothing we <laughs> made these but lengthened them into like cropped leggings like kind of capri length and they were super cute um that was a very creative uh tie at the top yeah this was i didn't want to knit like a super long eye cord because I find that to be obnoxious. So I just pulled a rostering out of an old pair of sweatpants from my drawer and it worked out perfectly. That's like um, another thing that could take an eternity is a drawstring eye cord, right? Yeah, that could take literally forever. Um, <laughs> That's as bad as a sleeve. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I don't even know how long, but it would have to be like 60 inches or something. I'm like, I'm not knitting 60 inches of eye cord. So. <laughs> Um, I all, I don't know if I was working on, I don't think I was working on my little, my mini ripple crop top. Um, for your knees? Yeah, no. So I made the tank top, the green and purple one for my four, almost five-year-old niece. And then I was testing her mini version of her ripple crop top. So she's coming out with a kid's version of that pattern. So oh, I'm for my other niece who will be, who when's her birthday she just turned one so i made the 18 month size and look at how tiny it is it's so cute, <laughs> so cute. it's not blocked it so it's like a little disproportionate but it's so freaking cute so i used some stash sock yarn in like a 
buttery yellow and it's got like little pops of pink and gray and it's very cute and it's got a big stretchy neck hole so I think it'll fit her big noggin and uh I told my sister I was like oh I'm making a crop top for Emily and she was like um a crop top and I was like yeah it's <laughs> but I actually I am I added two inches so it's not cropped it'll be like a full length shirt on her because my sister was a little weird about the crop top so I was like okay I'll make it like an actual shirt and Jesse said it was okay so which is hysterical because you know when in my generation when when my generation was babies they let your kids run around naked butt naked so oh yeah (laughs) we wore a lot of belly showers when I was a kid that's what we called them belly showers that was a big thing when I was a kid in the 90s yes yeah um, so other than those two things, my ripple butt shorts and my mini ripple crop top, um, I haven't really finished a whole lot else. That's about it. That's the problem with starditis is that you put all your time into finishing things. And I was really thinking like, why in the world am I like at the same place I was on the projects I talked about that I was working on, um, than I mean other than starting a bunch of things that I did oh look how pretty that is thing what is that called it's called a good friend it's a brand new pattern it's my first outside test knit is that from Nadiratani or Kalisha hold on one second I'm gonna say her real name and not just cop out and say her screen name isn't it Sophia something yes Ah, that's it. Uh, just one second. As fast as a this um, internet will load, which is why I'm here instead of at home, because there's less devices here. So why don't I put a bunch Pretty of devices in the studio at once? Yeah, if I freeze from time to time, it's because I've been a household with six people all using electronic devices. Sophia Tali. Mm-hmm. And so she is the author of the scrapper cardi that stole my heart and then at some point last month or two she put out a call for more test knitters and um her test knit is super chill Mm -hmm. and i think a good friend came out on ravelry maybe just yesterday it's it's been in the last couple days yeah i saw her announce it was live and it's the perfect little kind of um, fichu, like a tiny little ruffly, um, mm-hmm. and it's size. So it has like a sizing, like you would choose the yoke of your sweater. Mm. Oh, cool. Um, I was going to order more yarn for it. And I, then I went digging in my stash and I found the right stuff. Now she wrote it for, um, DK at a real big gauge. Mm-hmm. Um, since I found this, this is like a heavy worsted junkie. It's the Pantone, um, Pantone braids mm-hmm. and in between mm-hmm. I had a natural color one because I had bought it when it was on clearance to see if it was cool to dye uh-huh. I dyed every other stripe so this one this one oh that's cool it's perfect yeah and yeah. then the rest is stash and so because it's so cool the way it's shaped um it sits on your shoulders really nicely if you just want to put it on, mm-hmm. which is something I find fussy about shawls is whether or not they sit on your shoulders. And then because it's ruffle shaped, it also wraps really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then 
like cute. I like it morphed, too, the way she had it on in the picture, too. She's mm -hmm. so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, on the test knit pattern, she had a, because, like, all her scrapper cardi pictures have her cute little baby in there. Yeah. Um, the picture with the test knit had a great picture of her and her little boy. And um, I'm sad that she didn't put him in the Ravelry pictures because it's a really cute picture. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be on her social media, which her screen name is, um, is it the Drunk Knitter or Drunk Knitter? Oh, the Drunken the drunken Knitter. I have her t-shirt. I have a t-shirt from her. I think it's just Drunk Knitter. I think it is. Yeah. The Drunk Knitter. Something like I that. I should know. Yeah. Gonna, but if you, her t-shirt is really pretty because it's got the, it's got like a spiral, not a spiral, but a circle shape outlining her, the words of her name with like flowers and sheep heads and, but it's very well done. Drunk knitter. The drunk knitter. Yep. Drunk. drunk. No, just drunk. I said drunk. I keep saying the drunk knitter. Well, on my t-shirt it says the. Okay. So that's the one thing I finish. The end. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I find I have a lot of starditis or a lot of shop. I, I, I waste so much time planning more things. And it? then I do talk myself out of it before I hit, you know, confirm on the cart. Mm -hmm. But I'm finding myself wasting. I feel like it's a kind of a waste because I'm filling time planning stuff and I'm like I already do have stuff I need to do the stuff I've got but I'm just not inspired I'm more inspired by the planning right now thinking maybe it's because I'm thinking that this is a future project in a time where we won't be like we are kind yeah. of thing sometimes during the month I just got like very grumpy because I realized there was nothing to look forward to yeah, like, yeah there's a trip or an event or something to look forward to and I am a perfectly happy homebody like I am a introverted homebody but I like to still have something to look forward to. <laughs> James and I were talking about that the other day because he's the same way he loves he's a homebody and he's an introvert and he was saying the hardest part for him has been recently he realizes just not being able to be spontaneous yeah like, we can't just like, go to the movies or we can't just like go to dinner you know and that's been I think that's what's like weighing on me especially because I like going out and I don't like being I mean I like being at home but I'm not a homebody so it's like I like to be able to just like hey I have a day off let me just go to the movies or whatever you know so um it's hard I hear my son now that things are opening up and he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I can't get a job. I'm not going out. He's afraid to go out of the house to go do something. Cause he's like, I can't be out there in the public. It's scary out there. And people are, he's got this feel, this fear that it's that people are not taking seriously enough and that it's a lot worse. And that, and I, as his mother, I feel like at some point, is he going to let go of that and trust that the world really will be okay? Or is he going to live in this fear that, they're all lying to us and it's really, really bad out there still. So. Well, um, it probably isn't safe to be going out. I mean, I'm just going to say that no. I don't think that just because things are open means you should go out. I, I agree. Not to say I haven't gone out anywhere, like, but um, I am wearing a mask and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, you know, just because you can go to a restaurant doesn't mean you should. And especially since like, oh. 
I mean, God bless you all who live in LA County who came to Ventura County because our economy surely needed it, but I don't need to be out in it. <laughs> um, Main Street was a zoo this weekend. And um, see, that does sort of creep me out that people are still not using caution. I'm like, I find that when I do go out, I went out today just to like, I went to Rite Aid and I like did a couple errands and I find myself being angry when I'm out at people who aren't like wearing masks or who aren't wearing a yeah. mask properly, you know, like the oh, people who walk around the chin. nose looking out. Like, like, yeah. And I find myself like, it's, it's surprising how quickly things change because, you know, you never thought about any of this before, obviously, but it's like, now I'm thinking all the time about what I touched or wearing a mask or if I go anywhere, making sure I have my hand sanitizer with me or like being aware of other people around me and then just being upset when people seem like, like I get like upset, like people are too close to me or like people aren't wearing a mask and I'm not the sort of person that would ever like yell at a stranger, but I want to be like, why aren't you wearing a mask or why are you standing so close to me? Yeah. Or when you clearly need something, if I'm standing at the grocery store and I am in the way of someone, I step aside so they can get the thing they need. But I find myself getting so irritated because I am clearly waiting for someone to, and I will even speak, today I even spoke up and said, excuse me, and the woman just completely ignored me and, still, and the woman behind her said, oh, here, let me get that for you. And part of me was like, thank you. And the other part of me was like, and now you've touched my stuff. Yeah, people are but, really oblivious to anybody but themselves. <laughs> Like, I mean, but, but the, it's like, what's the point of putting, wearing the mask improperly? You're breathing on it and now you're going to put it up by your face. It doesn't protect you as a chin rest. It doesn't protect you. And, and I had heard this commentary that don't move it with, from the center up because mm -hmm. your hands have now got, move it from the sides up because your hands are getting right where the germs are and putting it right across your face. But, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, no, I, 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 I get really frustrated when, when I see other people not taking caution. It's not that hard. I've seen, it's funny when you talk about like the ways people wear masks or like the things people wear, because like you see the people with just, like their nose sticking out. I saw a lady at Target wearing a bandana just over her nose and her whole mouth and chin were out. <laughs> I was like, she like folded it into a tiny strip and it just covered her nose. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> stupid oh god <laughs> but then I think about I, I think know. about that doctor that was on an airplane and he got sick mm -hmm. and he was wearing a mask properly and gloves but it came through the vents onto his eyes so yeah he I, I didn't even know you can get it through your eyes it's an orifice in your body it's a whole other thing so in this, so in September when we are able to travel again, because we, you know, we have airline tickets. I'm like, we're gonna wear baseball caps. We're still gonna wear our masks. We're gonna wear baseball caps, <laughs> so that the air coming down from the plane <laughs> or goggles, whatever. I have, I have all those goggles from when I used to teach chemistry. So you know, snorkel gear, huh? Snorkel gear. That might be too much. <laughs> But I know I could look that look on your face says you'd like to see it. <laughs> I have a couple of pairs I could lend you that haven't been used in a year, so they should be like safe to lend out. <laughs> oh, thank you. 
I will truly not feel safe until there's an effective vaccine that is proving to work. Yeah. That's yeah. Feel safe. And I was talking to my boss about that and, and it'll be interesting to see who, like what the regulations are for if everyone has to be vaccinated to participate in things, blah, blah, blah. But I don't care because no. if I get vaccinated and if my kids get vaccinated, I don't care what you do. You're the person that doesn't want to vaccinate themselves because you don't want whatever. I'm like, you're just harming yourself at that point. Like, only reason that I feel like there should be any regulation on everyone being vaccinated is that the immunocompromised cannot protect themselves. Right, so that's true. You like, sure, I can say I'll get vaccinated, my family will, and I, and now they're safe. But the people who will not get vaccinated are are risking the lives of people. Mm-hmm. The people who, yeah, need yeah. that protection, like. Um, when we were traveling um, at Christmas time for just flying to Portland, Dante was having, you know, we're all flummy because we're all always allergies. And Dante let out a big old cough. And this poor lady, it was like Rose sitting back to back at the airport. And um, this lady, Dante coughed really loud and everyone jumped away. (laughs) (laughs) And um, this lady turned around and she was wearing a mask. She's like, I've just had a, like transplant surgery. So he's not sick with anything, is he? And I'm like, no, but I mean, he, you know, he should have done a better job of containing it. I'm sorry. And I got thinking about what her life is like now because she's going to be immunocompromised for the rest of her life. And that's before we all had to really consider our Mm -hmm. immune systems. And now we're all living in some version of what that lady's going to have for her life. And um, I felt bad. (laughs) You know, maybe Dante had germies. He was coughing because he was, because um, we're all like killing germs in our immune systems all the time and expelling them. He was not coughing because of a contagious disease. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I hope we all just do a better job of controlling our disgustingness. <laughs> you would hope so. You'd think that we would all learn to be better stewards of our, you know, of the people around us in our, you know, community, but yeah. yeah. I've noticed that in the first month or so, the first month for sure, everyone was like, here, let me help you and let's all be a community. But the longer it goes, the more tired people are, their natural nature comes out more. It's they, yeah, I feel like um, I see fewer and fewer people being helpful or considerate and you could just feel see the haggardness of the of it going on and I know that I I know that other generations have had far worse I mean we had really meat meat we can actually still get two two things of meat anytime we go to the market as opposed to we don't have ration tickets like my grandmother did where you had one thing of meat for the whole week for your whole family I don't care how many people are in your in your household you got one you know and coffee forget about coffee can you imagine you know as much as we depend on our starbucks what if there's no coffee for like six months or a year that'd be crazy um yes thankfully supply chains are not really damaged it's it's people's selfish behavior that was damaging supply chains right well, maybe we can use this as like a segue for our topic for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> to calm us down. <laughs> yeah. So, Anne, this was a, your suggestion. You want to talk about it? 
So I was wondering, and um, this would be a great thing for our listeners and now viewers to um, share with us if they, if you, if you feel like you've been doing something that um, falls in this category. So, you know, we're all like obsessively knitting and crocheting, but that's our normal level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was curious to talk tonight about like, um, if there's any kind of new things or old things that you brought up um, that are your calm, like your go-to calming crafting. Um, so I have been playing with auditioning a lot of new things. Like I have brought back an old Diva goodie, which is um, like doodling and watercoloring. Um, nothing's really fit for showing right now, <laughs> but that's not <laughs> the point of, of doing this thing. Right. The point of this is just purely as an exercise of getting into the that place where you're not thinking and worrying about what's going on around you or what the outcome is going to be. Um, and then I've been thinking about some new stuff. Like I saw an ad for doing a leather craft bag. So they send you like all the, the stuff like pre ready to go for this Cambridge style bag. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm toying with le- the idea of leather craft or a kit for it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's um, cool. And then this like taps into our um, later segment of what are you obsessed with? I have become obsessed with dollhouse miniatures. Like I've talked Karen yeah. in this, um, this quilter who does these adorable hexagon quilts and she sells the kit for them and she sells the, the actual paper piece miniature quilts. Mm-hmm. I think the miniature quilts are only like 50 to 54 and the kits are like $18. Wow. That's not bad actually for all the stuff you get. Yes. I have a friend that's restoring like a miniature dollhouse and the pictures she's posting or sharing are like, they're so freaking cute. It's I get it. Are you friends with Kathy Sockle? Mm-mm. Or we're not thinking about the same person? I'm going to find, I have a friend who has been, her husband built this dollhouse just did, since the beginning. And she's been making little tiny furniture and little tiny lace mats for the tables. And cute. I'll find her stuff. It's pretty amazing. Um, it's definitely like, you know, it's world making. And I haven't started any of it. I mean, every little girl wants the dollhouse and I never really had like, I mean, I had my own room, but there was never really room for like a a classic dollhouse. Um, And I don't have room for it now either, but I'm I'm playing with the idea of making dollhouse miniatures. Um, Let me show you. I don't know if you can see. Oh my goodness. cute. I want to live in that little tiny room. Oh, wait. Let's see if I can find Let me see if I can get the next one. There's her, yeah. her little, there's little, little tables. And look at the little detail right up there. Very cute. That, let's see. Hers is like yours. It comes with, a, it's a kit. That sounds so cute. Let me see if I can find the information on that. I always see those like doll houses that you can like paint and like, decorate yourself at like Hobby Lobby up on those tall shelves Ooh. and I'm, looking at it, I'm like that would be so fun I like that yeah 
Imagine your little nieces come over and they can play in your in Auntie Katie's yep. dollhouse. Oh, look! I can't. I can't. Like have a little place. swing for the porch. I can't let myself oh my into this. <laughs> You've got way too fun. Oh, that's adorable. So, so, do you have any other examples of what you've been doing, Anne? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm like auditioning things. Thinking about. But you know, doodling and watercolor has always been something that is. Um, I love watercolor. So relaxing. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to to be the sort of person that can like doodle and paint and art. I'm not an art person. I've learned because I'm just not. I'm not creative in that way and I just get too stressed doing it like which is the opposite of what should be happening I find coloring books to be uh, a good option for me because somebody's already done the art I just have to fill it in with color and I like that mm -hmm. um I was you know you're always a little psycho with your first kid and um <laughs> one of the reasons I'm so drawn to everybody the, one of the reasons um, I'm so drawn to that blanket safe at home is that when I was a kid, I, my parents, would get, they had a printing shop and they'd give me huge sheets of 18 by 24 paper and I would draw all day long and um, they tape it to the wall. It was great. Actually, it's these filing cabinets. Perfect. And um, most of the time I would draw houses. Mm -hmm. Any kind of architectural need to... And now you're knit, now you're knitting houses. It was just very soothing to me to draw the block mm -hmm. and the planted line, and then draw the door, and then draw the roof, and a little and, chimney. Yeah, <laughs> and I drew the, and the sun in the corner, yep. and I drew the same house every time. Yeah, but it was so soothing. And I put a, I play um, The Sims on my computer, The Sims 4 is like the recent version of The Sims. Uh -huh. But my favorite part of that game is just building houses. Ah. There's so many options and then like decorating all the rooms and choosing all the paint colors. So that's probably like my version of the miniature houses is just building Sims houses. Because right I'll go on Pinterest and I'll look up like, uh, like floor plans or like facades of houses and just like base things off of that and then build the house, <laughs> the rest of the house off of that. And it's so fun. And you could kill a lot of time doing that. Oh, yeah. Um, I, well, so when I was, when Alexander was little, my oldest, I um, forbid coloring books. Like I told everyone they could give him as much drawing paper and art supplies and crayons. And but I wanted him to just draw from his imagination. Mm. Now with the, old, the younger two, and then we've done, you know, we've, we've done family coloring nights. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what am I sick with? <laughs> Why did I tell him he couldn't have coloring books? Yeah. <laughs> I was just talking about this with somebody else about, like, the difference between kids and, like, mm -hmm. my five-year-old nephew likes to draw, but it's not, like, his favorite thing. But my uh, niece, it's her favorite thing in the world is to, like, color and draw. So it's, like, it just depends on the kid. Because if it was me and you told me I couldn't have it's a coloring true. book, I just had to draw my own pictures, I wouldn't do it. Because I'm not no, good see, at that part of it. My <laughs> oldest always, always is not a creative-minded person. He likes to, but he loved to color. If you gave him a coloring book, because at least there was lines. Yeah. When and we and when we would homeschool, we had history-related coloring books because you can get a coloring book for any point in history or story, whatever. 
but when I gave, when I tried to do that with my other two kids, they just, it was torture. They were so much happier if I gave them a blank piece of paper and just, because yeah, on the kid. Shocker. Trevor doesn't like to follow the lines. <laughs> he doesn't like to be limited in the lines. And Ian, my analytical engineer, his boxes give him structure. It's just the way his brain, he's happy to be a part of it, but he need, he needs something, a foundation first. And a coloring book with its blank, with just lines, no color, gives you at least a foundation structure yeah. to start with. I definitely understand that. I'm, I'm much more the don't tell me where to color because I always got bored in coloring books. Like I like them now as an adult for that soothing aspect. But um, I, I always had a, I always had to color in the outline first, you know, and then color them center so that I wouldn't go over the line with mm -hmm. the color. Head rules. Shocker. <laughs> added lines to color in. With hey, when we had to do map work in school, what it was what is a map work but another coloring book <laughs> i was like i'm not learning these capitals of states i don't care you get to color them in Who no cares? maybe that was it because in third grade i was like no i will not memorize these yep. oh you can do another map no i won't do it i failed every state capital quiz willfully it's the only <laughs> I can see you as a kid do that. Totally. Local <laughs> refusal to participate in a school assignment. It's the only one in my life. Oh my gosh. Uh, not. I would not do it. No way. Except that time when I didn't want to learn a dance routine. And I told my music teacher we were going on vacation on the day of the, the show. And she let me pretend that for like. Was that a lie? weeks <laughs> that was a whole lie my mom never believed in missing school for trips no <laughs> uh -uh. but i didn't want i did not want to do i cannot keep a rhythm so our music teacher was a former broadway chorus girl oh gosh that's a lot of pressure we put on these intense performances that were always like very well choreographed and it, I would have loved that I would have completely loved that no no so then I realized like what am I going to do on the day of that <laughs> I have to be here like, well, anyway she it's a shame she couldn't let you be participate in set design or find some other way to participate without having to dance it was not the time of adaptive learning. Um, right. No. Uh, so that's the Willfully tried not to do a school assignment. Um, other times it was just subtle. How little of this do I have to do to get an A? Because I still wanted an A, but how little of this do I have to do? So, um, yeah, I'm just doing private private drawing and watercolor and it's very easy to get lost in it. And I think one of the important parts of it is to let go of what the outcome is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the hardest part for me. And um, just let it be what it's going to be. And then I don't look, I do that sometimes with my son, but then I can't go back and look at it because then I'll get bugged by it not being something. So I just enjoy the process and then move on to something else. But that's, that's not really what I'm doing, but Katie, so you're doing watercolor and Katie, what are you doing? 
Or is Anna, are you doing more? No, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so, I found myself getting lost and I'm like, I wonder what else you guys are doing. So I, I talked about Sims. So I've been playing a little bit of Sims. I'm going to talk about Animal Crossing again because I've been playing that a lot. But it's the same sort of idea because it's a world building kind yeah. of idea. So you have this like blank slate and you make it whatever you want. So that's been, I, I didn't think of it as like a, like a crafting kind of idea, but I think it is because it's very creative because you can like make it look however you want, right? There are certain things that you like need to do every day, but other than that, so like right now I'm trying to like, I just moved all these things around and I built this new whole like section for where my house is and now I'm building all these orchards and I'm like making everything in little lines so it looks nice but it's been very distracting and a time kill number one but also it's just like it's very relaxing like I could just sit there and chill and like play forever so there's the that's one thing um the other thing it's not like a uh like a comforting kind of thing. It's just a thing that I have been doing a lot of. Um, and I haven't done it in a long time. It's tie-dyeing. Ooh. Um, I have a whole stack of tie-dye things to show you guys. Oh, wow. I've never really properly tie-dyed. So much fun. I, I did it years ago, and I've done it as a kid, but I went online. And number one, it was hard to find tie-dye kits online because everybody had the same idea as me, which was oh. a great kind of tie-dye. So I was able to finally order this kit from Michael's with a coupon, and it's this tie-dye party kit. It, and it came with like 18 colors or something. Um, Have you washed those yet, those items? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, did you start with shirts from there, or did you already have other shirts? Um, I bought, I went on Amazon, and I bought like a pack of three plain men's t-shirts. And the first thing I tie-dyed was this sweatshirt, this one. Oh, that's cool. So this one was a crumple, which tie-dye is, like, really super hip right now with, like, the young kids. But, like, <laughs> if you look up tie-dye that they sell in stores, it's all this, like, kind of random crumpled and more, like, desaturated and, like, taking a black shirt and, like, bleach tie-dyeing it. Like, all that mm -hmm. stuff real popular. But this is, so this was my first attempt, which is just a big old sweatshirt. So it's a big cozy mm -hmm. sweatshirt. And then I bought three like plain men's t-shirts. Mm -hmm. And the first one I made is this stripey one. It's just yellow and like red. Um, and then I did this spirally one with black. Oh, that's fun. Yep. I love that. And then my favorite one is this one, which is another spiral, but it's like a, oh. a real good classic rainbow. That's nice. So that was very fun to do. And then I bought kids' size t-shirts, and I did them all for the nieces and nephews. I haven't give, oh. given my niece hers yet because her birthday's coming up, so this is the tiny one I made for Amron. Mm -hmm. But it was super fun. So that oh, was fun. Oh, also, I'm, I'm sitting right next to this. I'm sitting in my bedroom. This is my dresser. And I just realized I have a pair of socks, but I can't get to it because I can't open this drawer. Otherwise, I'd show you. I used up my leftover tie-dye to, like, dye a couple pairs of socks. Nice. Um, oh, fun. Because you had a little bit left in each bottle, and you can't save the dye because it doesn't work after, yeah. like, a day or whatever. But I would highly recommend this kit because it was 
it worked out really well. All the colors were real vibrant and it was easy and you just mix it with water. Nice. Have you guys heard of ice dyeing? Mm -hmm. Yes. I've done it's that a similar kind of thing where you scrunch it or you prepare it and then you put ice on there and you, I guess you sprinkle it on the ice. And as the ice melts, it does really cool things. I thought that would, that would be a fun I've thing for us to do. I've um, Kool-Aid before. I think on yarn. Well, because a lot of t-shirts have cotton or something, you can't use your regular, um, our regular acid dyes. But I was thinking, I do have, I do have the Procyon type dyes that are good for plant fibers in a powder form. I have some there in the office and I'm, I was thinking about doing that. Yeah, I've seen some really pretty things. There's um, a quilt designer who's playing with um, with different dyeing, and she just did ice dyeing on one of her fabrics. I think Cotton and Bourbon is her screen name. Yeah, well, I, I saw I saw the uh, Instagram. The Jacqueline, what's her name? Jacqueline. She she's a knitwear designer, but she also I guess she designed a sewn garment for the new Making magazine. On the newest issue, and mm -hmm. somebody said that they would, they would, they love the idea of ice dyeing the, making a dress out of it, and ice dyeing the dress after it was all put together. I thought, oh, that's a great idea. I, I want to get fabric. I use this particular brand of tie dye or this style of tie dye with anything um, like a cotton poly blend. It doesn't work as well. That's what I read, but I didn't realize I when I purchased these this so this was like like 50 50 or something and it worked out fine um trying to see if there's a tag i could tell you yeah i did i did something with that tulip brand from michael is that the michael's brand or something like that yeah so and i bought some t-shirt from michael's but they had too much poly and i thought they were fully saturated and when i went to rinse them all oh. the barest bit of dye disappeared this one so. was 50 and it worked fine and then this one was 60 40 and I also did um, the wet technique, so all the clothes were, all the fabric was wet first, because you can dye oh, okay. it more dry, and if you do it wet, then the color soaks in more, or no, it doesn't soak in as, like you, you don't use as much uh, dye. Dye, Because the okay. color's already wet, but it, um, it sort of fills in the gaps more, so there's less of a chance of like white peaking. Oh, yeah, it, I started it, with dry, so. That would be my problem. Yes. I still wear the shirts. So Kevin is um, our tie-dye, our tie-dyer at home. Mm -hmm. um, one of the few crafts I know he's good at and knows how to do. He tie He's tie-dyed his lab coat and he did That's some shirts for the so kids. Fun. And then at Christmas this year, he um, asked us for our gift exchange. He asked us all a piece of clothing we would like. And so I was like, mm, he's tie-dyeing. Mm -hmm. So I told him I wanted underwear. <laughs> so he got a pack of Hanes underwear, correct size, good on him. And, um, and he tie dyed me four or five pairs of underwear. And wow. I so much. You know, that's, that's awesome because awesome. I was thinking about like when you do a project like this one where it was like I used three colors but I had little bits left and it wasn't enough to do another shirt. So it was like I needed like socks, but underwear is a good idea. I'll, I'll, I'll buy a pack of. Clean one. That's I like that. <laughs> yeah, it, was, um, it, it makes me happy. <laughs> like my kids were very upset that like, what did you pick, mom? Oh, I told dad I want underwear. 
perfect. It was like a, it, a second gift. <laughs> but think about it. If, if bras weren't so expensive, how awesome would a tie-dye bra be? Yeah, but they're made of a lot of materials. They're made yeah. of a lot of materials. But the outside. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so that's one thing that I've been... It was a fun, uh, like, one-day activity. And I want to buy another one of these kits. I only have a couple colors. Sorry about that. I other, only have a little... A couple colors left, but um, must be someone's birthday. A, no, that was like a fire, <laughs> but I thought yeah, it was well. fun for the kids to come over and do that as a, a a very messy activity, but it would be fun. Yeah, it's still fun though. It's it's mess worth doing. You might like um, doing the, the paper marbling that I took a class in, but it's so easy to do. She is doing um, some online classes. And it was, it was fun to do a class with her, but I don't think you really need one, but she's a local um, designer, Kathleen Caller, And um, she's, that's what she has on Instagram and she does paper marbling. And it's kind of like, um, kind of like satisfying. I think the way tie dye is. Yeah. Hmm. Is that where you like make a palette in the water and then you dip it? Mm -hmm. I've done that before with, bubbles and it was like you mixed soap and water and dye and you blew bubbles and then you pressed the 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 what do you call it paper into the bubbles so it made like a cool texture that's that makes sense because the bubbles you need something that's a surficant that keeps the pigment on top of the water mm -hmm. so she uses these japanese dyes that have the surficant in them already um and you can you can get it on amazon mm -hmm. and they to palette and just mix to your heart's content um but i read a, like a whole bunch of other ways you could do it you just need something that keeps it on top yeah. i think um another fun one i've seen is you can do marbling with um shaving cream oh, oh i've seen that really cool um yeah <laughs> yeah i i hadn't thought about that before but i've done that with i think i've done the shaving cream one where you like squirt a bunch in a pan and then you like marble like food colors or whatever and then you press the paper into it but yeah. and if you wanted to do it oh i see your your butt picture now <laughs> <laughs> um if you wanted to do it on fabric that's where like the acrylics are good i'm, I'm mm -hmm. trying to remember who did that on instagram but she did that as a fabric application and then she was doing, she does these like very intricate anatomical embroideries and mm -hmm. she was doing like putting, I think she put a pancreas on this little canvas bag that she first marble, marbled mm -hmm. and she embroidered an anatomically correct pancreas on it. <laughs> okay. okay. It was cool. cool. Trust me, it was cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're a diabetic, your pancreas is very important to you. <laughs> Uh, Karen, how about you? Well, it sounds like you guys have been very, very productive. Uh, this is about productive. Not, yeah. No, but I mean, you've been very mindful of maintaining your mental health and everything. I'm afraid I have not been as conscientious. And uh, while I had good spirits the first couple months, you know, being in a household with everybody else, it's we're kind of getting a little stir crazy. So we've had, we've had more meltdowns in my house and I don't mind sharing that because I think that's a reality because some people are feeling the melt, the pressure and the meltdown. Um, had quite a few of those the last couple of weeks, but um, we've, 
I am going to try some, I haven't, uh, usually I like painting, but I think in my mindset right now, I'm not, I think I'll be overcritical. So I need, I need those lines mm -hmm. put out for me. So I'm going to do some adult paint by number. Ooh. Uh, we ordered them. That's fun. I'm going to do that with my youngest son who is also struggling inside right now. So we're going to try to do that. But I also thought I would try diamond painting. I'm either going to love it mm -hmm. or it's going to make me crazy. So you're going to try what? Diamond painting. So there's no paint involved. They're like, think of like a mosaic with little tiny acrylic beads and there's certain ways to do it. And you know, I watched a couple of YouTube videos that said, don't do anything too complicated. If you want to see the details on something that has a lot going on, then you have to get like a ginormous one. And that's probably not the project to start with. So, <laughs> I've always seen them. And they've always looked intriguing, but I think I would lean toward the, this is making me crazy rather than this is relaxing me kind so of idea. I, so I picked something that it's coming tomorrow and uh, let me find it in a minute. It's not too, I kept coming back to it. So I thought this is probably the thing for me. And, um, and I'll pull it up. So, uh, or actually, no, that's the paint by numbers one that I picked that was a lot simpler. I did pick a crazy, I did pick a, a crazy one, but I kept coming back to it. And I thought, you know what, because you can totally get lost. There's so many there. And I kept thinking maybe that's going to be too much, but I, I picked one for which we have the puzzle version of. So yeah. it kind of has, you know, I'm familiar with the picture. It has, I know that my mom-in-law, if I give it, give it as a gift to my mom-in-law, she's gonna like it. Um, let's see if I can find a picture of it and make it big. And of course it is, um, let's see if I can pull it up. It reminds me of one of those Thomas Kincaid kind of ones. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Isn't that a Marty Bell? I don't know. It reminds me of Thomas Kincaid, but it could be, I don't know. It's She's a contemporary of Thomas Kincaid that did the same kind of thing. My guess, because, because this is coming from China, it's probably a Chinese knockoff. You know, actually we have a Chinese knockoff of a Thomas Kincaid in our living room. My mother-in-law really, really loved it. And she didn't want to pay for a Thomas Kincaid because she doesn't really, she just likes the picture. She doesn't care who painted it. Mm -hmm. And actually the quality from this Chinese artist is really, really good, you know, and he, it, they don't, it, they don't, it's not signed Tom, like a Thomas Kincaid. They don't try to pretend, you know, that they're giving you, you know what you're buying when you buy it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some things from China are actually good. My sister-in-law bought her wedding gown from a place in China, saved with some money, but, oh, here's the, here's the paint by number that I got. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, I don't like Thomas Kincaid. No, this is very hallmarky. That's pretty. Isn't that pretty? It yeah. almost looks like a photograph. And so like I thought I can, huh? Is it a watercolor? It's acrylic. It's a paint by number. That's oh, so that's the paint by number you're doing. That's, that's pretty. That's the paint by number. If you get, like you know, when you get really close, you can see. So it's like a flower in a little jar. In a mason jar with a, a, on, on a bench. And like, that's the kind of thing I'd like to have in my house. So, and that's what someone said. They said, if you're going to do this, you always start, people start off when they want to do this and they start giving them away, but you really need to pick things that you enjoy doing. Just like knitting projects or crochet projects. 
you kind of got to like the materials you're working with. So, so we'll see how that goes. I'm thinking about like picking a, a Bob Ross episode and doing that kind of painting because that's, that's, I could handle because he'll tell you exactly what to do at every step because I'm bad at the, at the go your own way creative part of that. Um, like, well, there are some like, Will Wheaton and his wife are serious Bob Ross, like, students. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. If you check out his Instagram, because there's, you know, you can still take, like, Bob Ross-style classes. Mm -hmm. They're doing it somewhere in L.A., of course. Um, so, back to Thomas Kincaid bashing. Sorry for people <laughs> who love it. Um, there is one Thomas Kincaid thing that I always wanted to buy, and I'm very sad that I did not. Because, first of all, he's very talented. Second of all, so good and well managed like he really created a brand and that is so impressive and I think all those things are actually very admirable I just his work doesn't and feel very like distinctive aesthetic yeah yeah but, but you know when you but he, when you when you're when you're buying a modern Thomas Kincaid you're not he didn't really paint it no I know, I know that too his people are painting it so if, so this is why we didn't feel bad buying it from China because it's something in his style, right? You know, like his students do. So I met um, someone randomly who's in the funeral business. I don't remember what he does now, um, but he was very excited because he used to be like part of his travel team. And he was talking about like, how long it takes. And and one of you know, the previous owner of the funeral home, Jay, is very serious about collecting him, and he has like a lot of really beautiful pieces. So the funeral home is full of them. They just don't appeal to me. Yeah, it kind of is good funeral home art. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how do you think about it? Well, I mean, one of the reasons it still remains to this day is that it's very comforting to people, and they are very comforting images. Yeah. So, um, the one thing that I always wished I owned that was Thomas Kincaid is. He had printed toilet paper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so seriously? I wish that I had ever had some Thomas Kincaid, Thomas Kincaid toilet paper. But you could never use it. I mean, that's like, here's what I think of you. <laughs> Want that? <laughs> oh, oh my God. That's so funny. Okay, but I did buy some since um, maintaining the um, studio. All that job maintaining facilities 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 job um jimmy beans has produced printed toilet paper i was wondering <laughs> you said something about cute toilet paper coming and i was like i wonder what ann bought that's so i bought so jimmy beans uh, toilet paper which has um that's way too fun this is the most i'll ever spend on toilet paper but i have not spent much and i didn't know where toilet paper would be coming from you know in the future when i ordered this in april um so I have, we have the next, um, that's so funny. I think I ordered 36 rolls. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, oh, that's fun. The thing is, I wish that the whole toilet paper was this, honestly, because do you need to wipe your butt with moss stitch, stitch pattern? And it's not <laughs> friendly, but maybe the crocheters will feel good wiping their tissues with this. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what I think about your knitting patterns. <laughs> really funny so that is hysterical a new calming craft but you found a new calming craft maybe two maybe two yeah maybe next uh, time when we talk again on our next episode you can let us know how that went yeah
Yeah, I think I'm more excited to try the diamond craft one. My husband's like got so many, he's into puzzles. I don't have the patience for a puzzle. Mm -hmm. I'd have to sit still at one place. I like something that I can take with me from place to place. I don't like to be confined. One thing I have done, which is not crafting at all, <laughs> is because I'm used to a per I'm used to my existence being with very little noise, and having six people with all their noises all day long is very jarring, and it's very hard to calm down. This is why I don't go to bed until later because I have to have everybody quiet. But I've been wearing maybe I'm doing damage to my ears. I don't know, but I have my earbuds in all the time because it dulls the noises and it keeps me calm. And the times that I don't have that, my family notices I get really agitated over little things. But, you know, I'm not the kind to get up and go and take a walk around the block because I like to be doing something and there's nothing more frustrating than being in the middle of trying to focus on, do that's the hardest part is trying to focus on something. I've been trying to design something and my inability to get the squirrels in my brain to slow down enough to focus is probably the hardest part. So sometimes just putting the earbuds in, even if I'm not listening to anything, doles the outside noises enough for me to stay calm enough to read a book or listen to a book or, which yeah. by the way, our next book, which will, if you guys aren't watching the, listening to the book podcast, it's going to be really, really good. I've been enjoying it. Ironically, I've not started it yet. <laughs> um, ironic because it's my choice. Um, I like there's an outside of crafting, I guess, like I phrased it as crafting because that's something that, you know, unites us all. Um, I have rediscovered bike riding, which I'm not doing a ton of because my bike needs, I found it needs a little work that might be outside my skill set. Um, the derailers skipping the gears and I'm not sure how to mm. fix that. Because um, just because you watch a YouTube video doesn't mean you know how to do something. Yeah, um, that's so true. <laughs> So, but it's so fun to get on your bike and just ride your bike somewhere. And you, you guys aren't that far that you couldn't ride to the beach if you wanted to. Or do you guys have a trail that would go all the way down? Yeah, we're right next to the Ojai Trail, which goes oh, that's perfect. The beach and all the way back. Um, the thing is, is I could see us more going into Ojai, depending on the weather, because the way towards Ojai is uphill the whole way. Mm -hmm. And oh. so doing the downhill on the first part is very fun, but not that fun coming back. So you make That's Kevin true. drive you to Ojai and drop you off and you get to come home the fun way. <laughs> but so Kevin, you know, is a big guy with big belly and he tried, like he got two of the bikes refurbished. So this was one of the times we were being creative because bikes have sold out everywhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, but, I did not know that. I should appreciate what I've got. As of like a week or so ago, you could get them. The Ventura bike rentals is not renting bikes, but they are um, selling them as fast as they can. So wow. they have um, beach cruisers for about 250 which is kind of reasonable. It's kind of a reasonable price in this market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I told Kevin to go take a look at it. He's like, well, what do we do with these other two bikes we have that need work? I'll take those along and see what they can do. So he took the bikes over and just ended up having them fixed. Uh, and it was like, a, I think after everything said and done, it was $200 to get two bikes worked on, which that's, 
It's better than that's like like having a hundred dollar bike. I mean, that's yeah. not bad. Take them. Uh, and then we're also not trying to figure out what to do with two broken bikes. They just mm -hmm. take up space. Um, so that was another like, why do I keep looking on Amazon where everything's sold out? Why don't I think about what our local resources are and see um, what we can do? Um, so I'll probably go back to them to work on my bike as well. Um, Have you? Where did you take them? Ventura Bike Rental um, on lo like West Main Street. Have you uh, tried the, I think it's called the Ventura Bike Hub. It's on the avenue. Yeah, the, well, I think this is the one that Kevin looked at. Because that, is that the one where they have all the tools and will show you how to work on your bike? I'm not sure, but I know the owners and I think you do too. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Cool. That's fine. Um, I would like, Kevin looked them up if it's the one I'm thinking of. And at the time he looked it up. So this is two weeks ago, which things change very quickly right now. Um, they were open, but they were only working on people, like they were only allowed to work on people's bikes or um, who it was their primary um, form of transportation. Got it. Oh. The timing didn't work out. We want, we'd been thinking that we would go there, but. Um, I just know the people and I like them and I know that you know them too. So I was curious if you had been there. Well, now I want to go there maybe, cause I want to know how to fix my thing, my problem. Also, you know, like when you go to get something fixed on your car and you know you should have been doing something different, but here it is, it's broken and you need it fixed. You don't have like a lecture that goes with it. Yeah. yeah. I guess like one bummer thing was when Kevin took the bikes in, they're like, oh, you're those people who store, you store them outside. Well, look, I got other things in my garage. So <laughs> the bikes aren't going in the garage. Yeah. So I know that one of the problems with my derailleur is that it's rusted. Mm. Tin root. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to hear about it. So if I could go somewhere that was empowering and didn't tell me. Yeah. You change your oil sooner. <laughs> um, so like I rediscovered bike riding. That's all I cried. No, but it is a good thing to get you outside. It, it's a good, it's Do it. anything that helps your mental health is a good thing. Um, I have a sad relationship with bike riding because when I was little, my great grandma passed away and she had this dark pink Schwinn and mm -hmm. we were like cleaning oh, out her house and somebody was like, or no, maybe it was my great grandpa. I can't remember, but somebody was like, who wants this bike? And I was like, I want this bike. So I yeah. took it home and my dad like showed me like how to like scrub the rust off of it and work on it. And then I didn't work on it for a while, but I liked it. And then my dad is like notorious for like throwing things away when you're not looking. Oh no. So I no longer have my Schwinn. Oh. Um, and then James had this bike when we lived in Ventura that was his from when he was like a teenager and it was like a cruiser bike and I wanted to get into bike riding so I took it to my dad and I was like it probably needs new um, like inner tubes and I don't know what it needs to be fixed up because my dad's a bike guy so he helped me like fix it up and then I didn't ride it because I thought it was a great idea to ride my bike and then I never got around to it and then when we moved it didn't end up moving with us because I think James donated it <laughs> Oh no! It's not meant to own a bike. I've learned. Well, not. No, right but now, you anyway. can borrow mine. We live in the same town, and I know you've ridden it. And I know when it, when we it was brand new. It must have been in the box for a long time because the rubber part of the brakes. Anytime you used them, it squeaked really, really, really badly. Well, my part. I would say my favorite part of the bike repair was the old tubes because Kevin takes it in. They work on the two bikes. One had a front front wheel problem, and then I don't know what the problem on the other one was. 
but they must not have checked both or they over pumped the old um tube oh no like long story long dante i was trying to teach him how to change the gears so i rode his bike for a minute and then i got off of it and i was showing him how that worked changing the gears while it's moving and we both are just we hear (laughs) (laughs) no one was on it and it just popped out of nowhere and then we had to walk our bikes home for half an hour Uh, yeah i could have left him behind but i don't know something about leaving him on the darkening ojai trail didn't sound like good parenting well that's nice of you (laughs) well anyway um, if you you do feel like riding a bike we live in the same town and there are hundred bikes at my house that i that i have access to i just haven't gotten that bug yet to and i and i do the circuit around town you know it's the first the first, but the only times I have are when it's windy, and no matter what, you're you've got the wind in your face, and it's almost like you're riding uphill, no matter which direction you end up with. <laughs> it's uphill both ways. There was a time like two years ago when I lived on the other side of town, like right near the grocery store, and I was like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna start riding my bike to the grocery store, <laughs> and uh, I'll pick up groceries and I'll ride them home. But it was before I got a basket for that bike, so I was like, oh, oh. It, it'll be fine. So I went to the grocery store on my little bike and I shopped for my groceries and there wasn't a lot of things that I needed. And then I was like, okay, well, it's time to come home. And I couldn't fit everything in my backpack. So I had one bag sort of hanging on the handlebars as I was riding. And it had a little carton. Was it the plastic, the plastic bags? No, it was like a fabric bag, like a reusable oh, okay. bag that okay. I brought. That feels better. It had a little carton of heavy cream in it because I was making, I don't know what I was making. Um, but I was riding home and it slipped on the handlebars like down. And then a little carton of heavy cream got stuck on the wheel and exploded all over me and my bike. (laughs) I'm not doing that again. (laughs) That's gross. (laughs) I was right. It wasn't that bad, but it was, I decided quickly that that was not for me. I do have a wire basket that goes on and off from the front. Mm -hmm. The reason why I make sure I take that in the store is it is so easy to overshoot and have no way to get it home without like juggling it under an arm or something. So when you're limited to what will fit in that basket, um, then it it makes a difference. But I've had purses for whom the the crossbody purses that I've broken the straps on because you know going along on that bike it just doesn't it rubs too long I've learned not to wear sweaters with that because then the the um the hardware on the bag gets caught on the sweater things you learn you ride your bike a lot Karen oh no I did when it was new I begged for that bike I -hmm. said that's the only thing I want for my birthday and Christmas because my birthday is really close to Christmas and my husband's like, you're really going to ride it? I go, yeah, yeah, I totally will ride it. I yep. promise. I will ride it so much. Yep. And then they'd be like, let's go ride your bike. Eh, it's kind of windy. Oh, it's a little hot. I, the I did go on a, I, I Bugs in your teeth. You know? <laughs> I don't go that fast. <laughs> when I was um, in my like late teens, early 20s, I didn't have a license still. So bike riding. Mm-hmm my mode of transportation. Um, the thing that I was going to share about Kevin is he decided that he, like, he was not comfortable on a conventional bike. So he started to shop for trikes. Yeah. So he has a big red Schwinn trike that he is assembling. 
and I have that is cool in the back. So I'm like, look at that. We can all put our nice water bottles in the back there and <laughs> the the um, picnic, which is why he probably will not be willing to like drive me to Ojai and let me ride down. Right. <laughs> we have this one like walk that we like to do, and it's a beautiful but like walk in it, but it's really long. So to get to the pretty part, you have to go for like three miles. And then mm-hmm. when you get there, I don't want to walk three miles home. So mm-hmm. we had my dad, we walked all the way there and we told my dad we'd call him when we got there. And then he picked us up and then drove us home, which was nice. <laughs> well, let's transition to um, real quick what we're um, obsessed with. And you get to go first. What? You get to go first. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Um, I had like a long list for this. And then I've forgotten everything that's on my list as of this afternoon because <laughs> I discovered staying in with Emily and Kumal. I love Kumal. I know. Um, it's, is it Nina? Nina I never did Say it again. Nanjiani. Yes, there it is. Nanjiani. And his wife, Nanjiani. Emily, has her own name. Yeah, I can't remember her last name. I'm going to find it because she should have her own name. <laughs> Emily Gordon. Um, and they are so, like, I'm not really supposed to listen to things in my office anymore, but I'd sneak it in. And um, <laughs> I shouldn't do this one in the office because I cannot not laugh out loud at them. Oh, <laughs> they I was at your office at the studio, and I was like, why can't you do whatever you want? Oh, no, <laughs> your no, office no. at your other work, I understand. My day job. I can't do what I want right here. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why can't you listen to whatever you want there? I'm not supposed to do it while I'm at my 9 to 5 job. Got it. I still do, because sometimes I just need it to clear out what's happening around me. Mm-hmm. And I can't, because they make me laugh out loud. Is it a podcast? Yeah. It's. It, I found it on Stitcher. It was in the Mood Lifter. Mm. Because I'm also listening to this other one called um, The Rebel Eaters Club, which is very good. I think that was going to be on my list. And it's a, it's a re-education camp <laughs> for yeah. me. It's a, you know, it's about being comfortable with yourself and abandoning diet culture. And um, they're really good. I listened to, you know, I'm, I'm just at the lead. It's a new series, Revelator's Club. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a lot of, like, work. <laughs> it's very good and easy to listen to, but um, so I needed something a little lighter. Have you seen The Big Sick? Yes. I love it. Her. Yes, and they're talking about it. Like, so they're, like, they're trying to talk about her because she's immunosuppressed, and then also she's had lung surgery because of that um, disorder that's caused her immunosuppression. Yeah, or you know, compromise. I'm sorry. And um, so the whole first episode is talking about that without talking about it. And then they're like, "So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, there's this movie. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. <laughs> it's a cute movie. I love that movie. And Ray is the movie? in it, and he's never in things. Who's that? What's Ray the Ramon. movie? What is the movie? The movie's called The Big Sick, and Ray oh, Romano. The Big Sick. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing all this stuff down. It's so, that's a great movie, and their love story is so precious. And I think there's this, like, intimacy of them being willing to portray their story like that, that Mm -hmm. is so brave. 
Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot, of, we, we seem to know a lot about famous people, but this is like really their story of mm -hmm. something that couldn't, but I mean, watch it if you haven't seen it. But even, okay. And it's funny because Kumail's so funny. <laughs> I watched Stuber this weekend. Oh, is it good? Terrible. I was talking to my oldest about he's like, Yeah, I saw that in the theater. I'm like, You paid movie theater prices for that. <laughs> yeah. He, Kumal is so funny and Dave Batista is also oh, very I love Dave Batista. But it's a terrible movie. Yeah, like, I've I think one spoiler is they keep talking about the day that because it's a day in the life of um an LAPD detective and an uber driver and um dave batista the detective and kamal nanjiani nanjiani thank you um is the uber driver and um they keep doing this thing where they're saying it's the hottest day of the year in la and then you know la doesn't really get summer storms mm -hmm. and the end of the movie is like fight scenes in pouring rain and I think that they, because they do mostly do this heat wave thing as voiceovers. And I think it's to cover for the fact that Dave Batista is sweaty the whole time. <laughs> the whole That's time. So funny. It was probably filmed in the winter in LA. And he oh, is I love that. sweating so much. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. It, oh, yeah. So that is my, my new obsession is staying in with, Umal, with Emily and Kamal. And it is laughing out loud because apparently he's getting he got like super buff because he's going to be in the marvel universe and yeah. getting even more jacked on quarantine he is a handsome man it's it doesn't hurt him to be pumped up either <laughs> because i loved him before and then i saw like his after picture and i was like yeah i know <laughs> and she's cute as a button so they're just like a very good looking couple mm -hmm. I respect people's desire or choice to not have children, but um, I would love to see what their babies look like. But I think that's not in the cards for them, which also none of my business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you just wonder what two pretty people would make. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Katie, what is your obsession? Um, I have like a, um, like a guilty pleasure obsession. I'm currently re-watching Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Because I used to watch it when it was, I mean, it's still on. There's like 40 seasons of it. Yes. But I this used to was the best it. season ever. That's all. If you haven't caught I haven't season watched 40, any of the new stuff, just know that you're going to love the season. It was fantastic. I, started, I used to watch it like way back when we started at season one when it first came out. Uh, and I'm currently, well, I didn't start with season one when I started. I think I started with 17 because I like Googled like a good season. Did you go I, back to Africa at number three? Number three to me is still one of my favorites so I went, when they went the to Africa. I went back was to 17, which was in Africa, but it wasn't that one. Um, oh. So I started at 17 yeah, right. and uh, then I think I'm currently on 20, 20 or 21. I can't remember. Um, mm. No. Okay. I they watched do a lot of the same I, islands when they get to the twenties. I did. I watched 17. I 18, I skipped 19, and now I'm on 20. Um, and I think they, I think 17 might be the last one where they stopped experimenting with places to go, and now they just pretty much yeah. go to Fiji the whole time. 
but um that's a tough so one. was china when they went did you see the one where they went to china i i wonder if that was in that early i don't remember i'm I'll i'm at the point where it's like i think i watched the season when it happened 10 years ago because I kind of remember the people, but I'm not entirely sure. I think I did. I know I watched the last one, so I think I'm going to be eventually getting into new people and new things that I don't remember. But um, I, we freaking loved Survivor when it came out originally, and I'm having, like, the best time binge-watching episode after episode after episode of Survivor. So that's what I've been doing lately. So if and you they're get all a chance, <laughs> If you get a chance, go back to season 15. That's when they go to China. Okay. There's it's either China or no. There's or or no. Go to the one where they go to the Amazon where there's piranha in the water. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't decided like what my trajectory is gonna be if I'm just gonna keep going or if I'm gonna go backwards or because I know I'm gonna remember stuff if I go backwards. But I kind of want to watch stuff that I haven't seen yet. So I think that's Let's where I'm working my way forward. But um, I was thinking about trying out a reality tv that i never got into and would really not appeal to me but i was watching that brad mondo watching more of his videos and he has reacts to america's top next america's next top model i know i've been watching those too and um i'm sorry if you can hear my uh yeah sorry about that um what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, his reacts to Next Top Model are so funny. And I remember watching all of those seasons. It's, it is very funny. And Kevin loved that show. Like before I we used to love that show. Kevin watched that show all the time. And he's, I'm like, what are you watching? And he was really into it. It was a good show. Um, so I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to see where that's streaming. So fun uh, time. I think it's on Hulu, too. Nice. What's, what's yours, Karen? Well, I've taken my obsession of watching Great British Bake Show to actually making the bakes. I was I have been about that. that I have totally been collecting the pans. I have so many different kinds of heart pans. Oh, for Father's Day, my uh, husband has asked for a, um, a tiramisu cake, you know, with all the different layers. So I got a special square pan for that. Um, I did make a brioche loaf which was not gluten-free. And strangely enough, I did not have a reaction. So I don't know if, if it's the combination of, it's two parts flour to one part butter. There is so much freaking butter in this and it was amazing and it toasted like nobody's business. And I did not have a reaction. So I don't know if it's because the strong flour, which is different from regular flour. I've got a collection of flours, um, but it has more protein in it. And because it's homemade, it may not have the other additives that store-bought breads have. Um, but my next bake is going to be a peach upside down thing. Um, <laughs> so I got some fresh peaches yesterday from the market and um, I'm trying to search which season had the recipe where they had the, uh, uh, their take on the upside down bake. And to that, we've been adding cocktails. <laughs> So I've got the ingredients to make an alcoholic version of a, the um, Disneyland Dole Whip. Ooh. But with, co with co coconut milk and coconut rum and frozen pineapple. Yeah, it's going to be pretty good. Are you drinking those cocktails? Yeah, I'm drinking those cocktails. What? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We, 
we, it's, oh, I made a really, okay, so for Mother's Day, I made something with a, um, a it was a blackberry brandy. So I made a cocktail with blackberry brandy and, and mm. blackberry, fresh blackberry, like a 100% blackberry juice mixed with um, cranberry juice over ice. It was, it, you couldn't taste the alcohol because the amount of alcohol you actually add is so small. Like it's like this much to a big pitcher, you mm -hmm. know, it's not that but yeah, it was good. Um. So, I would like to try, there is a, a vodka rosé that I saw John Scott, John Barrowman, um, like, review on his Instagram stories, which, Karen, did you not know that he has, like, the most amazing Instagram ever? I did not, but he is a yummy guy. You love Captain <laughs> Jack, that is why I'm pausing. Yes, I do. I'm going to have to go to his Instagram. Like him, right, Katie? Like, you're not I a Captain Jack? What? I don't mind him. I'm very pro Captain Jack. Um, so what does he do on his Instagram feed? Oh, he's like a very, he's very John Scott Barrowman. So like he dresses in drag, he does performance, he cleans his kitchen, he organizes his kitchen, <laughs> he does cocktails, he bakes pineapple upside down cake, he does um, weird voices with Instagram filters and he makes fun of his Scottish parents, which is my favorite. So <laughs> I in Palm Springs with him too, not with him, but like nearby. And he like, I used to just watch him on Facebook, but now I like him much better following his Instagram. Um, he makes fun of his Scottish parents all the time. And oh. it's fantastic. Like a lot of first generation kids, which mm -hmm. actually he was born in Scotland, I think. But anyway, a lot of first generation kids do the best in impressions of their parents. Yep. And it's, it's gold. Um. When, last, last little thing. So I don't know if you guys are into, it's not Seth's comics, but there's a, one of the comic shops that's, I just know that the owner's name is Timmy. That's, um. his parents are totally British and we know him because he and my old eldest were on the same soccer team for a couple of years when Arthur. we did AYSO together. So what's really funny is he always has a British accent, but he doesn't, it's all, it's, he can come up with a British accent, but he was not, he was born here. He's only ever been here, you know, but sometimes he comes, my, my friend, uh, my son's friends will be like, oh, the guy with, the guy from Great Britain, he's like, no, he was born here. We went, we played soccer with him. He's not Britain. Probably like, slip in it. Yeah. Um, so, cause his Scottish accent is, I mean, for an American ear, it sounds pretty good. Nice. Sorry to accuse you of not liking Captain Jack, Katie. No, I don't, I don't, I don't mind him at all. <laughs> you said he lives in Palm Springs. Cause that sounds like the perfect place for him. He does live in Palm Springs. He's not shy about it. I was thinking about it because a lot of people make fake accounts for him. And uh -huh. like, I worry about these famous people who tell us too much about their lives. Like, like he was showing us what's in every drawer of his kitchen after uh -huh. he organized it. Like if I were a stalker, I could like go and make myself a cup of tea really easily. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be weird? Like I'm yeah. very, like, I don't like, I don't know. I don't want you to see what kind of locks I have on my door when I take a picture in front of my house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm worried about you famous people sharing too much. But it's very entertaining. 
He does a lot of TikTok videos with I'm with that song Born in the House. Yep. But he does a lot of TikTok with that. Probably just called Born in the House. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're at the two hour mark. So cow. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we you- gotta wrap it up. Wow. Yeah, good night and goodbye, <laughs> listeners and watchers. And if you made it this far, then thank you very much. Yep, we appreciate you. <laughs> You're all well. Stay well, everybody. Stay well. All right, bye. 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 bye.